On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, it's a special occasion where we bring together two incredible talkers as we've got Agent Zero with the man himself, Stephen A. Smith. We all know Stephen A., but you may not have known he came up as a hooper playing college ball at the HBCU school Winston-Salem. That connection to the game has carried Stephen A. throughout his career, and we all know he can get his point across, but the most important thing is he stands by what he says, and he totally understands the athlete's perspective. For Gil, it's all about respect, and Stephen A. works to demand it and to earn it. Of course, he's had a few things to say about Gil over the years, but now that Gil's in another chapter beyond his playing days, it's an entirely different conversation. On the basis of relationships, athletes and media members can actually coexist. As Gil sees it, it takes accountability and the willingness to look yourself in the mirror when putting the narrative in context. And as Stephen A. tells us, we root for guys to succeed, but it's how they handle themselves that keeps us talking. It's the No Show Podcast on an episode you're gonna love. Remember, subscribe wherever you get your podcast to get every episode as soon as they drop. Don't forget to check out the No Chill channel on YouTube. And don't forget, every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's No Chill with Gilbert Arenas on the Fubo Sports Network. Welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas right over there. It's the one and only Gilbert Arenas. And right over here is the one and only Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for coming right. through. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, it's good to be here. And you know, this might not be what we think it is. You okay. know, it's not like you're you're walking into the lion's cage. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's all very simple. I put simple. him in the lion's cage. It's only right. It's only right. It's only fair. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 put it right out there. Are you holding anything back? Is there something? No, 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 no. You know, now that I'm in your world, right. The most accomplished, you know, commentator, I got to pick the brain. Right. You know, I got to, you know, see what the levels are, you know, because, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody like me will get discouraged. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, that didn't go too well. They didn't like it, you know. And then, you know, you fall back, you know. But when you read your resume, this happened, they canceled this. I went here, I bounced (laughs) back, I went here, you know, and it's just trying to figure out, like, how do you just keep it moving? Yeah. Um, You know... When you get in this business, your first mentality is that you got to know you got to keep it moving. Um, I don't, I can't speak for everybody else because my mentality is totally different. Um, but I'm a guy that I got left back in the fourth grade, held back for a full year. I actually got left back twice because I got left back in the third grade, but then they put me in my right grade after I went to summer school, and then I went to fourth grade, and then I went to fourth grade, and then I had to complete the whole fourth grade (laughs) because I still had a first grade reading level, had dyslexia, didn't even know it um, because back in those days, they weren't really diagnosing it like that. And just remembering the ridicule and all this stuff, I used to, I was growing up, and everybody was like, he could ball, he could really ball. Um, But when I got left back and I remembered the laughter and the kids laughing at me, it was the most humiliating thing that I ever went through in my life. And the one thing that I made a decision, and I I still remember this to this very day because I'm 53 and it's over 42, 43 years later. And I still remember it to this very day. I was like, you can love me. You can hate me. You will never laugh at me again because I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing that. You ain't getting away with that. I'd rather be hated. And so... That mentality sort of shaped my tenacity, how I went about doing things. And then I grew up and I was 
watching all the great journalists. I used to watch Sam Donaldson. You know, they had the mm-hmm. eyebrows looking like a vampire mm-hmm. covering the White that House. That come over the You know what I'm saying? I uh, watched Ted Koppel on ABC News Nightline, Peter Jennings, and then in the sports world, the Bob Costas, the Bryant Gumbles. And I grew up idolizing Howard Cosell because of his voice and how it resonated and how distinctive it was. And I remember having this attitude. You can't always be right. You're not, on, you're not a fly on the wall. You're only as good as your sources, all of this other stuff. But the one thing you can do is that when you open your mouth and you say something, people know you believe mm-hmm. what you're saying. They know you're not phony. And as long as you do that and you're in constant and tireless pursuit of getting as close to the truth as you possibly can, you can make it in this business. And so that was the attitude that I always had. And... The other thing was to just be fair. You don't have to like me, I don't have to like you, but I'm not gonna be inhuman. I'm not gonna be inhumane, I'm not gonna be the cat. I can call you on the carpet for what you do. Mm-hmm. What I'm not gonna do is castigate you and character assassinate you and say, this is who you are. Now, if there's a mountain of evidence <laughs> that says, this is all the same, well, damn it, if it walks like a duck and quack like a duck, it ain't a damn mongoose, okay? But, but, but in the end, you. I always make sure to try to draw those lines in the sand. And that's where a lot of, I believe, my success has come from because I knew I was gonna work hard. I knew I was motivated. I knew later on I wasn't nearly as good as you and all these guys that's playing in the NBA, I couldn't shine their shoes, so I better knew how to do something else. I better learn how to do something else. But I knew that I could write, I knew I could report, I knew that I knew what I was doing, and I knew that no one was gonna outwork me. And the combination of that, along with the people that I surrounded myself with, being in college and playing for the Clarence Big House games and the legendary John McClendon, who helped integrate the sport of basketball and having them talk to me like father figures and teach me about life, not just basketball, and then get to the NBA. And I'm covering John Chaney first and then Larry Brown. Well, we're talking about over 200 years of basketball experience between Clarence Big House Gaines, John McClendon, Larry Brown, John Chaney. And so when you combine that with the fact that I knew a little bit about ball because I played it, and I learned from institutions who taught everybody else how to le- learn the game of basketball, you couldn't tell me anything. Couldn't tell me anything. And that's why it's like, I can cover football and baseball and stuff like that, but I'm a reporter. So as in that regard, I'm like, okay, this is what I see, explain to me what I'm missing. You can't talk to me about basketball. I know what the hell I see. And that's what it is. I know what the hell I'm looking at. You respect (laughs) guys that were like, because I was thinking for you, you played D1 ball, Winston-Salem. D2, D2, yes. D2, okay. Uh, Winston-Salem. And knowing that you get to a certain level, like, and I can relate, I'm not going to the NBA. So what can I do with this? Because I see the game. I see the story that's involved. I see the guys that are, Mm -hmm. you know, competing out there. Um, and how can I relate that? And I can relate to them in a certain way, and then there's a certain level that yes. I can't get to. But there's you a respect guys to it. like that. There's a secret to it, though. Like, for example, one of the reasons why any player I think would be annoyed at me covering them is because they haven't figured out one thing about me. I don't define success for y'all. I let them do it. I read and listen and watch you say what your definition of success is at the beginning of every season, and then I hold you accountable to it. So a lot of times when guys are upset, I'm looking at them like they don't even know. (laughs) 
But, and then I remember, and there's a few times, and you know, because remember, I covered Allen Iverson for his first 10 years of his career. And Allen Iverson, I mean, there's very few people that know me better than him in, in the NBA. And he figured it out. He said, damn. And sometimes he would be doing interviews like with Stephen A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want him to hear this shit. You know, he's he, he gonna <laughs> quote me because he knows I'm listening. I'm like, on October 2nd, you said, <laughs> I'm saying, and that shapes the framework for the season. Because I'm like, nah, now, nah, nah, granted, if, if Gilbert is averaging 28 one year, 29 another, you can't come to me and say, well, my job this year is to average 13. We're not gonna be unrealistic here. I know better than that. But what I'm saying is if, if it's in the ballpark of what your expectations are, what expectations you've built for yourself, then I let you define it. And that's when I hold guys accountable. And I hold them accountable to what their job description is or what they say. You ain't never heard me get on Dennis Rodman because he don't score. Because he didn't score. You ain't never heard me say that. You ain't ever heard me look at Kwame Brown and say, you know what? He garbage because he ain't average 30. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. You know, I'm watching guys and, and that plays a role because in the field of journalism and beyond, when you are really chronicling what people do, where you're wrong is when you don't talk to them and you don't care what they say. Now, everybody can't talk to everybody. Some guys you're going to talk to, some guys you're not. But you're talking to somebody, what you feel is chronicled, and to not take into account anything that anybody says, how they feel, or anything like that, that's when you've crossed the line as a reporter, and I've never done that. You've been very quiet over there, Mr. Arenas. <laughs> and I know... Because here, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to process absorb, all this. I'm trying right. to absorb. Absorb you know, it all. Information. That's, you know, that's what a lot of people don't do. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I'm trying to figure out, mm -hmm. weed through it, because... I realized just how I was as a player mm -hmm. towards, you know, reporters. Mm -hmm. And I was smart enough to realize, just give them sound bites. Mm -hmm. Give them good sound bites that they can use so they don't have to make up sound bites. Right. So I was one of those guys who was always, like, if I know someone's trying some sneaky, you know, I knew how to get around it mm -hmm. and, you know, make it funny. You right. know, so that was my gift of, but then when it was the outside and someone says something, you know, you tend to get mad. Mm -hmm. Now on this side, I realize why we get mad. Right. Because just like you said, accountable. For the first time, for the first time in our lives when we get to the NBA, is the first time we've been written about bad or negative. Mm -hmm. Remember, growing up, everyone's cheering. If you're booing me, you're booing me because I, I'm kicking your team's ass. Right. So I, you, we never hear criticism into the big stage. Yeah. So once that big stage come and someone says, oh, he's not a very good passer, you get all in your feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, technically I, I don't pass the ball, so he's right. 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 You're right, but I didn't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to hear it. Now I'm in my feelings, now I want to do an interview with you yeah. because you told the truth to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's what ends up happening with us. It's more that Someone saying something negative, but it is the truth. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to. We don't want to hear it at the time. Do you watch guys and know that cycle is going to happen, right? We we build you up. We make we celebrate you. We make you a hero, mm -hmm. and then we chip away at that. We try to break it down a little bit, and then build you back up. That's what we root for. We we know we know the process of you know you know. It's a threshold. Like you have about two to three years. Like indeed, I was like, you got a few more years of doing what you do mm -hmm. before they're like, hey, hold on. 
Are you just a mouth or are you going to put action to it? Are you just good enough to keep your team afloat or good enough to get your numbers? Or are you good enough to actually put this team here? Mm -hmm. We know that. We right. know it coming in. We know it. But at the end of the day, if we're not succeeding when that time comes, here it comes. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, that's just it. Let me tell you, I, I'm listening to Gilbert right now, right? Let me, let me tell you what's, and I, I shouldn't say it's funny because it's not funny to most reporters, but it's funny to me. And it's funny to me what professional athletes miss. Mm -hmm. And let me explain. So we're criticizing you, right? And a lot of times they look at the reporters. You ain't look at the coach and what he might have said off the record behind your back. You ain't look at the assistant coach who was sent to disseminate that message. So, you know, we know. You ain't look at the GM who worried about his job because he elected to give you that money. And now there's something going on. You ain't playing just right. But he can't just say that, right? <laughs> it can't be that he made the wrong decision about investing. And not that nobody did that to you because when you got your money, you deserved your money. I'm be I'll be real, totally real about that. But I'm just saying in general, mm -hmm. people are not realizing we get it from somewhere. And it's like, I look at athletes sometimes, so let me get this straight. You think that you are so important that I went home and I conjured up ways to conspire <laughs> to write a story about you, right, that not only is going to piss you off, but it's going to make my life considerably more inconvenient because I got to cover you every day. You understand? I got to come to the games. I got to look at you. I got to walk by you. I got to see you smiling at me. So I just did that because I just wanted to do it. Really? You really, really think that? And it's like, and then, well, and then you got to remember, as reporters, we watch this. And you'll know where I'm going with this. How many times did you see an executive hug you? How many times did a, a coach or an assistant coach come up to you and pat you on the back and, oh, great, and all this stuff? And we, the reporters, and we, we can't reveal our sources, and we sitting there like this. Really? But you mad at me. <laughs> you mad at me. And I'm like, wait a minute here. You know, you really, really think that that's how this goes down? And you're sitting there, you're looking at players, and it's like, wow. Okay. If that's what you want to believe, that's fine because the truly, truly, truly shrewd player is the one to make sure they cultivate their own relationships in the media. So you know exactly where you want to go because you trust that your message is going to get put out the way you want it. That's the key right there because everybody say stuff. But you got to vibe with somebody that truly gets you and make sure they're going to say it right the way you want them to say it at the time you want to say it in the venue or the platform you want them to say it in. And you have no idea how many players. It is 2021 and they still they don't, don't get, get it. it. They don't know how to milk it. And by the way, before I let y'all go on, they, you got players that they always social media. We don't need you. Do you understand that means we don't need you? Do you understand that I, at, because of social media, if I wanted to, I could get away with not talking to one player? All I got to do is go to your Twitter page, <laughs> your social media page. You made my job easier. You're not hurting me. You're hurting you because you haven't cultivated 
relationships with enough people to make sure that you heard. It's a shame, but it's true. We know, we know it's not you. Right. We do. Mm-hmm. We, we know like it, it, it's leaked mm-hmm. by someone. Right. As soon as it says sources, we be like, man, they, why do they keep hiding behind their sources? Who the hell is sources? Then you start looking at each other like, oh, which, yeah. was, uh, which one of y'all? Yeah, which one of y'all? Yeah. Somebody ain't getting the ball today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to see. That's right. We, we, yeah. we try to figure it out, but yeah. we got to go to who's talking. Yeah. So we try to put pressure on you so right. you can be like, oh, yeah, you're But y'all don't. But, you, but that's no. the whole point. You don't. Like, like Because you just it, killed it, me it, once. I'm listen, like, I'm not going listen. back. You know when you were in Washington, you had some issues. And I'm sitting mm-hmm. there like this. He did not come up to me one time and say, where the hell you get this from? <laughs> what the hell were you saying? Because had he said so, I'd have looked at you and I'm like this. <laughs> You know I can't tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I and know. I would have said it in such a way like, you need to look around you. See, AI was brilliant at that. AI would be pissed, and then he'd calm down. He'd look at me, what's up? I saw that shit you wrote. I said, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And he just stared at me, because mm-hmm. I'm looking right at him. And I was looking at him in a way like, you know it was me. You know it wasn't me. You You know, open your eyes. You know, I'm not gonna violate my resource, my sources by telling you who, but pay attention to what's going on. And then you got certain dudes that, as a reporter, there are certain dudes. On contrary to what people believe, you ain't scared of somebody coming up to you and punching you in the face or something like that. You know, that, that, they'll make you rich. They do something that stupid. You ain't think about that. You scared of their mouth. And I'll give you a perfect example. Two people that scared me. God bless them, the one and only Kobe Bryant. But let me tell you something right now. Kobe Bryant was the kind of dude, and I- I'm going to watch my language here because there's a little young lady over there, but I'm going to watch my language. If <laughs> I wrote something, dad, if I wrote something, her dad enough, I know, I understand. <laughs> but if I, watched, if, I, if I said the wrong thing, I want no PR, I want no flack for, for the team, but the, the phone rang and it's Kobe. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was like that. Now, mind you, as a reporter, you want that access. But certain dudes, you didn't want to see them. Kobe called. I was like, damn. And I pick up the phone. Well, I know you didn't just say that bullshit that I saw you just say on the air. <laughs> and, and he was do you know this, this, this? What the hell were you saying? And I had to explain myself because I'm fair. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most dudes don't put you in that position of accountability. And Kobe was real with his because it wasn't just me. The players one time wrote something sourced about Kobe. Kobe was like, walked into the locker room. You can ask any Laker, including Shaq and them. They'll tell you. Kobe walked in the locker room. And he walked up to every single player in that locker room. You said this, motherfucker. You said this shit. You said this. Went down and went right, I mean, to everybody. So it's like you, and as a reporter, if you connect it, you hear these stories mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, it's real. If he came at them like that, yeah, 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 he yeah. damn sure coming for you. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm writing the story and I'm like, hold on. And I, Yo, I'm getting ready to say this. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready to say that. It got to a point where I ain't say anything about him until I called them because that's the kind of accountability he demanded as a man, and you had no choice but to respect that. Unfortunately, not enough dudes do that. Because we're spoiled. 
Yeah. Like I, you know, like we're we're spoiled to we we just want to be praised. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'll do some like if I heard some some bad stuff, I'll say, okay, was it fair? Mm-hmm. Like, was it fair? Did they say something that's not true? Right. You know, is they, you know, like it was one of those times I, I got upset because they were saying <clears throat> they just they didn't even say it, they questioned. You know that 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 question you hate. Yeah. Does Gilbert shoot the ball too much at the end of the game? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so this is this is what we're talking about? All right, I'm gonna pull one of these. I won't shoot today. We're gonna see how we this is 2000, right. this is 2003, 2004. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what we're the hell see. rest of y'all gonna do. Since and you don't I want, want you to, to tell me that I, it's okay for me to shoot since y'all wanna have this in the paper. At that point, everybody's guilty. Right. You know, but it's be, but was I shooting too much? Was I, what, I have Antoine, I had Stackhouse, I have Larry Hughes. Was I shooting too much? You know what I mean? I just got here. I'm trying to prove I'm worth the 65. Right. You know, but that's, that's someone who's been through programs that teaches that. Right. Like sometimes you, before you speak or react, were they fair? Were they lying? Yeah. Were they lying? You know, that's the, were they lying? Were they fair about it? If they're fair, there's nothing you can really do about it. Let it go. You know, that's because true. everyone has their job. Someone has to, and that's what I'm paying attention to now. Like, keep me and Keija Perkins talk a lot. And yeah. when he says something like, I'll, you know, I'll, like him and KD, and I'll go in the middle of like, hold, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, Keija, you was a player before. You was a player before, so you have to understand where KD's coming from. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a conversation, and then I'll see where he's coming from. And he says, I have to report it. I had a conversation with Kendrick Perkins mm-hmm. about that very incident because, um, you know, he's like a protege for crying out loud. He mm-hmm. calls me, asks me for advice. I give it to him. I'm very, very, very proud of him mm-hmm. and what he has done in this business. Big old country boy, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, but but if you listen to what he said, you know the game. Um, and, and, and he's fair-minded, but he's straightforward because that's what the job demands. And I'm culpable for that because I kind of set the tone to some degree in terms of how people feel they got to come at it if they're going to be successful in this business, fair enough. But I also told KP, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this with y'all, I said, understand, you can do all of that, but you're a former player. And so as a former player, I said, they're going to look at that on occasion as a source of betrayal or as a form of betrayal Mm -hmm. because you are part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where the hypocrisy comes in. They had to held me accountable just the same as you, and I ain't playing no damn NBA team, so make up your mind. There's no consistency, you see? So it really does come down to what you said about their feelings, but what I said to him was this. When it came to KD, we're, we're talking about one of the greatest talents that game has ever seen. When we talk about guys that have a chance to capture Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record, KD is one of those people. Mm-hmm. He's just that elite. If he decided to say, bump it, I'm going to be more aggressive. And I'm going to shoot 25, 30 times a game. It's over. It's over. <laughs> There's nothing you can do with him because he's just that lethal, okay? And he's a two-time champion, even though I didn't like that move to Golden State, as we all know. But he's a two-time champion. He was a great player the whole bit. I said, so he got a right to come at you mm-hmm. for going at him like that. What he didn't have a right to do was act like, well, what have you done? Now, not, wait a minute. Everybody ain't you, number one. Everybody wasn't you. <laughs> Listen, we watching, you've been out of the game, what, seven years now? Mm-hmm. About seven years. How many people have it since 28? 
I mean, you average 29 and 28. You know, you're a career 20-point-per-game scorer. You don't wake up and you're able to do what he did. So it's like, KD, everybody ain't you. You know, you got cats. But that's like you ain't complaining about Oakley. Really? That's what we're doing? You, you know, Oakley beat up people for you. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> you couldn't beat up people like that. That's what he's for. Everybody got a role. <laughs> uh -huh. and, and KP, Kendrick Perkins, had that role. So don't, if you're going to call him out, then say what it is. Don't all of a sudden go and talk to other people and be like, what the hell has he done? What was he averaging? Because that's not what he does. And so you gotta be, you gotta be fair-minded in terms of if you're gonna come back at somebody, come back with legitimate stuff. Because KP, that, that wasn't what he was there for. He was supposed to be a, an enforcer, a big body that defended, tried to rebound, and made sure if you came to the, through the paint, you were gonna feel the fact that you shouldn't have been up in there. And I think he was capable of doing that. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's reason. It's, it's like one of those things where we're, we're, we're moving, everything is going so fast, right? So mm -hmm. I remember, <clears throat> I remember KD hit me. He was like, hey, name me, name me your top five players right now. I said like, right now, right now? He's like, yeah, starting from five to one and then explain your strengths and weaknesses. Right. I was like, all right. And then he said, no bullshit, detail. I want, I want the detail. Of, right. I was like, all right. Went down the line, five, four, three, two. Kevin Durant, mm -hmm. boop, <laughs> came me back. Why am I two? I said, uh, one, you're hurt. Yep. He said, well, keep me off the list then. <laughs> <laughs> keep me off the list. <laughs> that sound like him. That sound like, like him. Keep me off the list then. Like if, 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 if I get penalized because I'm hurt, then keep me off the list right. until I'm healthy. Yep. So I can be number one. He said, why am I not number one? And then I said, all right, because you're not demanded to do everything LeBron has to do. You don't have to run the team. You don't have to stop the best player. You don't have to pass the ball and do all. Even though you can do all those things, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. He can't stop you. Mm -hmm. You can stop him for the most part. Mm -hmm. So to you, you're like, well, if he can't stop me and I can stop him, right. but why am I not number one? Because right. you don't have to do the things he does. That's a good point. So he rates higher. So what ends up happening is you win scoring, unstoppable scoring, all offensive, this stuff, mm -hmm. and you average 31, he averages 30. You, you're not surpassing him by much. He's going to beat you in the rebounds, going to beat you in the blocks, going to be. So he's going to rate higher, so it pushes you to two when it goes to overall. Mm -hmm. That's you. For me personally, and I, and I really, really appreciate that analysis because it makes me step back and it reminds me of what I say to NBA players. And this, this points to something else that you asked me about earlier. I know I know the game, but I never pretend to know more than cats who play it. What I do is I say, okay, I'm a reporter. Respect that. Because I've been covering it and I've been chronicling it for a quarter century. I've been here. You see what I'm saying? But you love the damn game. But, but I love the damn game. But what I never do, even when I could question, challenge, or disagree, what I always tell players, so many guys that want to get into our business and come to me asking me for advice or whatever, you can ask KP in this and others. I pull them to the side. Come in. What's that? You the expert. Don't be timid. Tell me what you got. Tell me what you got. This is what you do. Draymond, D-Wade, Shaq, all of them. I look at Shaq, what, 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 what are we whispering for? You four-time champion. Mm -hmm. 
Stick your damn chest out. Say what you mean and mean what you say. I don't know. You don't sound convincing. Convince me, damn it. I mean, literally, they'll tell you I've done all of these things because, number one, there's no one that can look at me and say I ever wish for them to fail. That's not who I am. I ain't that dude. I always want you to succeed. If you're messing up, I'm going to call you on it. But I always want you to succeed. And when we're talking about the game itself, I've, I've religiously looked at KD in recent memory. I'm like, he's the best in the world. He's the best in the world. Where I go back and forth between him and LeBron is for precisely the reason you just outlined. Because he doesn't appear to ask for the responsibilities mm -hmm. that LeBron visibly embraces. KD doesn't do that. And then as a result, you can see the chip on his shoulders. And then where somebody like KD will hurt himself is when somebody points out, damn, you look like you got a chip on your shoulder. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, so we just blind. Well, so we just, on, so you, you just walking around all happy, go like, wait, wait, we missing the fact that you're frowning? We missing the fact that you're a little bit sensitive to this? That's course, what it is. That's what I was, this whole time, it. I was like, what are we getting to? Guys are sensitive. What, They're what, sensitive. And I'm not talking, depends, I'm not focused on just one it guy. It depends on who says it. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's why I said, so I tell him he's number two and he's going to question me. And then when I give my reason, he'll be like, okay, fine. Mm. I'm going to ask six months from now. Right. The same question. Yeah. Give me my answer. I can tell him the same thing. He wants me to explain it. Like we want, we want the explanation. We want to know why, because you got to remember we're sensitive because you're telling me I'm not here yet. I want to be better than LeBron. I want that crown. So every time you say, ah, you don't do this, it, it just, it gets to me. Well, like, I want it. But, I want to get it to and, me. And, and, it gets, <laughs> that's what it is. And I, totally, and I totally get it. But you know what bothers me about the modern day athlete in the NBA? It's like, you upset about that conversation. Why? We're talking basketball. <laughs> That's the conversation. Like, oh my God, uh, is it, it, like I got this running joke. Cause you know, listen, I, I, I profoundly respect LeBron, but he do his thing, I don't do my thing. We don't communicate and I don't give a damn. Here's the deal. This dude, to me, I, you always see me on first take, I put up this ticket tape. Great father, great husband, great businessman, philanthropy. <laughs> I mean, he's phenomenal. He's a, why is that necessary? Because you got people in his camp walking around. He's number two all time. Oh my God, shoot him. That's such a terrible, what an insult. Oh my God, I have you number two. The game of basketball started in 1946. The NBA was in 1950. In the last 70 plus years, I have said there is only one player on the planet Earth that is better than LeBron James. And you would think I'm the Antichrist. You just watch guys and it's like, rip. I mean, I. I can't tell you because, because the, the, the brother comes out. I mean, he knows what I mean when I say the brother because I want to use another word, but I ain't going to do it. You know what I'm saying? It comes out of me because I'm like, it pisses me off that I, we really having this conversation. You're insulted and, 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 and your agent come and your boy come and your PR people come. You have nothing to do with this. You have nothing to say. But all of these people come and they're like, oh, Stephen A., come on, Stephen A. I mean, what the hell are you trying to say? Literally making a case. Literally making a case. Number two all time. And so you're looking at this and it's like, then talk basketball. What you do with your personal life ain't your, it's your business. Mm -hmm. I got a personal life. I don't want nobody in my business. I respect the hell that you don't want nobody in your business. But you can talk to me about journalism. You can talk to me about broadcasting. You can talk to me about what the hell I said on First Take or Stephen A's world. You can do that. 
That's what I'm doing in a public forum. We can have that conversation all day. But these guys walk around like, oh my God. What the hell are you saying? You heard what the hell I said. Why do you disagree? And let's have a conversation. But you have folks that either want to act like you don't know or they want to be offended because you disagree with them but don't want to say it. But then when you point out, well, you might be a little sensitive because you want to be seen here mm -hmm. over this guy. But then we making up stories because that's not really the agenda. Mm -hmm. But you admit privately to people that, again, it ultimately gets back to us. That's exactly how you feel. But you deny it until you write your own damn memoir that you've been feeling that way for years. It, it, it does get a bit crazy, Gilbert. It really does. It's, it, but from, 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 from the other side. Sure. We've, we've watched what greatness is. Mm -hmm. And we try to create our own path. Right. Right? Right. And Jordan is the mountain. Mm -hmm. Right? He's the, he's the, he's the, he's the Bugatti. Right. Of what the, the look, yep. the class, the speak. Like, he's there. Yep. So when, you, when, when you're playing this game, you're, tr you're trying to get to that top. Right. So it's one of those things. The more you keep telling me I'm, I'm number two, right. I can't accept it. Don't. I, mean, I, I don't trade. But that's what I it hope is. you don't. But that's what, what it is. It's the competitive. So I respect the competitive that you don't accept number two. Mm -hmm. You don't accept it. You don't accept that there's your number two. And I'm you saying to you, going. and I'm saying to you, I totally respect that you don't accept it. But you play in tomorrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and next month, <laughs> and a month after, go. Because guess what? That's how I feel. But that's no reason to feel like, oh my God, I can't stand your ass for it. Really? It's like, are you kidding me? All right, we got to take a break because we got to talk about our friends at Manly Bands, guys. For the better part of their lives, our better halves have been fantasizing about the perfect wedding ring. Cut, clarity, carrot, color, you name it. For us, not so much. And jewelry stores clearly think the same thing. Who really cares about a guy's band, right? Well, Manly Bands does, and they're here to rescue you from an otherwise hellish band buying experience. Manly Band offers your hand the freedom to look how you want it and just about every type of earthly material imaginable, even from space. So what you do, you go check out what they have to offer on Manly Bands, the material, the color, the look, the manliness. And it's so easy to get sides. You do it all online. It's customizable. The shopping process is easy. You can do it from home without the guilt of being in front of a salesperson. And they mail it right to you. You get it exactly how you want it. To get started, order the Manly Ring Sizer from Manly Bands to ensure that your ring will fit perfectly during work and play. Once you know your size, it's time for the fun part. Manly Bands has an insane selection of materials to choose from. Gold, wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bones, even the meteorites that killed them. You can also choose from curated collections like the Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Collection. Yes, wood from whiskey barrels. And if you're feeling even more creative, you can customize your band from scratch, choosing the style, material, inlay, sleeve, and finish. Once you've selected your band, Manly Band offers free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. 
So while there might be a 50% chance of your marriage not working, there's a 100% chance that you're going to love your band. Sorry to deal with reality, but that's just the stats on marriage. Anyhow, to order your Manly Band, get it 21% off plus a free silicone ring. Go to manlybands.com slash no chill and enter the promo code no chill. That's manlybands.com slash no chill. Code no chill for 21% off. Manly Bands, the best damn rings, period. All right. And our good friends at Keeps are back. You know, guys, two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. More than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. The process of taking care of what's upstairs has always been an awkward one. You don't really want to put it out there in public. You don't really want to have that consultation to tell you something that you already know. Well, Keeps has you covered. They keep it simple. They keep it discreet. They keep it smooth. And not to mention, it's not expensive. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. It's low cost with treatments starting at just 10 bucks per month and keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results all come with the Keeps subscription. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So you got to get on it and you got to act fast. So here's what we got for you. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash no chill to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash no chill to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash no chill. Get going and take care of yourself. You, you watch guys and it's like, come on, listen, we can go down the laundry list. I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. Mm-hmm. Love Russell Westbrook. In his realness, I can't say enough. I can't say enough about how much respect I have for this brother as a man. You weren't out of the first round since KD left mm-hmm. until you had a Houston last year. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. When somebody like Paul George and Patrick Beverly said something about Damian Lillard, what did I love about Dane? He okay. said, well, I sent him home, <laughs> such and such, and I sent him home years ago. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why? Why did I go off the other day about the NBA with these damn officials? You going to give Giannis a tech because of how he looked at somebody after a dunk? Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns are relevant for the first time in years. We watch them on national television the other night. They're about to get, take over the number two seed in the Western Conference, and you eject Devin Booker? Why? So I'm like, it's consistent. What I try to do is get dudes fixated on a game of basketball. I'm not going to share the intimacies of it all, but me and Kyrie got into it uh, privately uh, before the season began when he was talking about the media. And I'm like, why? I said, they're talking to you about basketball. This is what you do. And I said, it's what you do. And by the way, you're pretty fucking great at it. And oh, we want to see the showstopper. And then regardless of how bizarre he can be sometimes, 
That's a smart brother. Mm -hmm. Kyrie's a smart dude. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking, I'm like, you don't want to bless people with your knowledge? Why? KD, have you listened to KD break down basketball? Mm -hmm. He, the, he's a savant. The man knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Why would you not want to talk about basketball? Why would you be on TV acting like you are literally at the dentist with no Novocaine, <laughs> getting your tooth pulled because you got to answer a question about basketball? You do get to a point where it's like, my brothers, y'all came to the wrong dude if you think I'm going to capitulate to that bullshit. Mm -hmm. It ain't happening. You could take that somewhere else. You could have attitude with them. You don't talk to me, watch. I'm still going to have Thanksgiving mm -hmm, dinner. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be exchanging Christmas gifts with somebody else. And I'm still going to be on the air doing my damn job. Because that's all we're talking about here. I there was a time, as you well know, where people get in the conversations about everything but the game. Mm -hmm. And I do everything I can to bring it back <laughs> to the game. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but you don't want to talk. Okay. Life goes on without you. And by the way, how many years did I say I was doing this? 25. Who's playing now that was playing 25 years ago? <laughs> no one. Who's playing now that was playing 15 years ago? Ain't too many of those. I'm still here. They're gone. I'm just going to say real quick, the thing about that, that intelligence, there's certain guys that don't get that. They, the, the guys, what we were talking about on the media side, they don't know the game like that. So those questions, what Bryce Harper said, clown questions. No, it's, 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 it's how we look at reporters, right? Yes. And it's, it's the everyday reporters asking the everyday questions. And you gotta remember the everyday reporter, your reporter at home is asking you a questions about the team. Mm -hmm. So you spend more of your time trying to dodge trick questions gotcha. that, that messes up this unity. Mm -hmm. It messes up this unity. So we try to avoid, keep it short, keep it quick, mm -hmm. you know, smile, keep it moving. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And because it's this, it's like we feel this is a personal battle now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't, they don't get me. They never played. They don't understand the trick questions and this and this. Why, why, why should I open up to them? Mm -hmm. All they're gonna do is look for some weak spot and then expose me later. Right. And that's the approach that the players have towards media. We don't, we're we're scared to open it up and actually have the dialogue where we can just like, yo, this is basketball. Like, like I'll. Like, same thing with Kyrie. I hit Kyrie, I hit Kyrie about a month ago, and I said, hey, yo, I'm trying to teach my son this new move. What did you do here? Oh, uh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a travel, don't worry about that move. I misstepped. Right. I said, what do you mean you misstepped? To me, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, he's like, no, I, I misstepped. That's not, you know, and I was like, no, nah, it's, it's on his highlight, it's, you did it three times. He's like, I misstepped. It's fast enough to be legal, right. but it's a travel. Right. So I'm like, so what are you looking at when you're driving? Because I'm looking at feet. I'm watching the position of the feet, and when I see his foot go one way, I go the other way to come back the other way. So I'm listening to him on the phone, and we're talking about just one highlight tape. And I was like, very, very bright. It's very what bright. He does. But it's just one of those things. It's like, if it was up to some of those guys, if it was up to some of those guys, they'll just play basketball. Like, 
That's one thing I do got to give this, this group credit for. They play basketball. Like my era, my era, I went to the gym from 2000, when I get in 2001, before the game, I'm there at 3 o'clock, 3.30, because I heard Kobe was there. You know, growing up in L.A., Kobe, yeah. Kobe. Watch Kobe go through his workout. That's who taught me how to work out, how to be a professional, what you do on game day. Mm -hmm. So I go there. There's only one other player in my whole NBA career that was consistently coming early, Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. We're talking about 400 and something players and two players. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, and then watching this generation, it's like, they love bad, like Katie, like, I'm either playing video games or I'm on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. Kawhi, whenever I hear something about, he, he just shoots all day. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, at least these guys are in the gym. It ain't the 80s player, we're gonna go to the club. Even if some of those guys go to the club, they'll go after the game, they'll shoot for two more hours, then go to the club. And I was right. like, why didn't I think of that one? Well, <laughs> that's, why didn't I think that? That is one way to look at it. Here's, <laughs> here's the other. They love playing, and pretty much that's all they do. Not that they don't have business ventures on the outside <laughs> and all. I'm certainly not trying to imply that, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying, in terms of just piggybacking off your statement about how much they love to play, because they can afford to. And I'm not talking about just salary. I'm talking about what the league and the media and corporate America slash Madison Avenue has done to promote the NBA brand. So it can elevate to such a point where you don't have to worry about anything but that. You might choose to do other things and diversify your portfolio, but you don't have to. With the exception of the select few, you had to do that in the previous era. MJ, when they had the last dance and all of that stuff, we, you know, and it, we benefited from that greatly. All of us did, because it was right at the start of the pandemic and there was no sports going on. And we had that last dance coming on the <laughs> tube every week. Thank God. Uh -huh. MJ and I was talking all the time because, you know, he disagreed with some of the things that he saw other people saying and stuff like that. And, you know, trusted me enough to, you know, give me some insight into his thinking or on something that might have been misperceived on, on television. And when it came to the portion about Scottie Pippen, it was like Scottie Pippen felt this way about Last Dance. And Jordan was like, well, here's what it was. And everybody wants to talk about the money that I make. They keep forgetting that as a player, I averaged $4 million a year. That was it. Over the first 11 years of his career. So... Off the court stuff don't have nothing to do with the fact that I had to make this sacrifice in helping to build the game for those 11 years. And a lot of times when you're talking to players and you're listening to them now, back in the day, it wasn't like a player had to go back and get a second job at the time, you know, the 80s and beyond. But what you did have to do was think about things more than just basketball because you weren't in the level, you didn't have the level of control that you have now. The NBA had a heavier hand down upon you if it wanted to. On top of that all, you were devoid of social media. So you had to lean on the media and other outlets to express a message that you yourself couldn't do alone. So you had all of those things to think about, okay? We fast forward to now. And what you have is a situation where you have a whole bunch of players and a whole bunch of folks that don't feel they need any damn body because you, you get paid, right? 
And it's one thing to feel that way because I understand it because I've been very, very blessed and fortunate to make a little paper in this industry compared to what other people in this industry are making. All right. But it's another thing entirely to wear it on your sleeve to the point where the status quo and how things normally are conducted don't apply to you. And you walk out there and you think you can do what you want and be what you want any way you want to. And that's what you're seeing with a lot of these guys. And so my point is, is that I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have so many relationships, players, coaches, executives, even owners, that I'm always going to be connected to the game in some capacity. Because I just know too many damn people when you've been around this long. You just know. All right. But I look at these guys on a come up covering these industries and I always, I often ask myself with players, it never occurred to you that that brother right there is just getting started. He may not know any better. You might help him be a better reporter. You don't care. You might help this person be better in PR. You don't care. You might help this person be a better business person. You don't give a shit. And when you wear that on your sleeve, you the same person that's going to complain later. These people don't get it. They don't give a damn. They ain't listening. What the hell am I talk to them for? Mm-hmm. And then you wonder how everything falls apart. It fell apart because you wore this attitude on your sleeve. I got mine. And everyone sees it. And so that ultimate, and then you want them to go out and be completely objective about covering you when you've given them your ass to kiss on so many occasions. How does that work? <laughs> In no other walk of life would anybody expect that, except with professional athletes. Some of them. I'm not saying most. I'm not saying all. But some of them, and we know who they are, and we just wait. Because that's all you have to do. I tell reporters that all the time, all you have to do is wait. Just wait. <laughs> but there was, there was a point where that just balance wait. tips, the generation, you guys were probably in the middle where these kids now, they're so used to media that they embrace it. They're ready for it at 14. So, I mean, depending on who you are, like, you know, some, some kids are media ready. Some guys are shy. They don't really, you know, you, you, you have, that's just going to be your, you know, you try to find the balance of who's camera ready versus who's just a basketball player, you know, you know, just like anything. Some guys just want to be basketball players. That's all they know. That's all they want to be. No matter how great their talent is. But is like, that true? Yeah. I, I got a question. Like, for example, when you say we just want to play basketball, they act like they would play for free. I'm not saying they wouldn't play for free, but in the same breath, the fact that it comes with millions of dollars don't hurt. When, okay, let me, <laughs> it don't hurt, but you got to remember, before we got here, we played for free just as hard. Just, just, just as hard, we played for free. So when... So this was always my thing with, you know, this guy couldn't play in the 80s or 90s. You got to remember, before we got into the NBA, with the NBA rules we were adapting to, what is street? Half our, our youth was fighting because of we can't finish the game with 21 and all that. We know how to play rough, but the rules is here. We're manipulating what these rules mm-hmm. are. Right. So when it comes to I just want to play basketball, what that means is I don't want, I'm going to just be honest, I don't want the responsibility of everything else. 
That's too much. That's too much. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I, you know, I, don't, I want the girlfriend. I don't want the kids and the responsibility of making you happy all the time. Right. That's what that is. I want right. to just go out there, not think, be at my best. Don't. But, but, but damn it, Gilbert, say so. <laughs> and what I would say to that, say so. When Kyrie left, because mm-hmm. he had to take his mental break and, you know, go through whatever he was going through. I'm not going to lie to you. He left, and, and I was on the air. I was like, he should retire. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mean it like literally like give up. I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. saying, what the hell you mean you don't want to play? You signed a contract. You got a job. Your teammates on the court. What do you mean you don't want to play? Retire then. Mm-hmm. Right? When he came back, just like that, the attitude was different for me. Why? Because he explained. Mm-hmm. He said, this is what I was going through. Period. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree or disagree, it was perfectly understandable. Mm-hmm. Done. Just that simple. You have guys who believe it's an insult that I have to explain myself. But there's a paying customer. They are the ones that patronize the product that enables you to get the money. Players today get paid 50% of something called basketball-related income. The money that's generated in large part by the players, but the owners obviously get their share because they, they absorb the risk. We understand the world of business. It's a 50-50 split. Used to be 57. Mm-hmm. 43 players. Now it's 50-50. But the point is, that's in the billions. That's how you get paid. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't feel like playing. What, what, what are you, you were just off. The pandemic stalled the season four and a half months. You didn't go to the bubble. Okay, so from March 11th to December, you were off. And then you need a break? Really? Yeah. You really expect the paying customer to comprehend that? And then when you break it down and you explain it, just like I just did. Mm-hmm. Folks have the actually unmitigated goal to be offended. Like, I'm not worried about anybody disagreeing with me about something like that. Because I could just walk in the street and other than the, the fan that loves your game, their common sense is going to come into play and they're going to be like, you, you had off from March to December and you needed a break. No one's comprehending that. I don't give a damn what you do for a living. Nobody's getting that. And it's just amazing to me that a lot of times cats don't get that and then they have animosity towards you for simply breaking something down. You, you can't escape that. And, 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 and now that you're doing your podcast and you're doing what you're doing, trust me, you're going to find yourself even more mm-hmm. in situations. Well, I just got to say this. <laughs> I know they ain't going to like it, <laughs> but you got to say it. Because guess what? That's the reality. That's not the fantasy world some of these guys live in emotionally. And I say that respectfully because there's a whole bunch of good dudes in the NBA. I tell you, 99% of them are good people, man. They really are. And they're doing great things, and I love them for it. And when I say I love them, I don't mean on a personal level. I mean as a black man. To see what they're doing, I'm so proud of them and how they represent us big time. But sometimes you lose your way emotionally. And somebody got to give you that tough love and reel you back in and say, okay, you may not talk to me because of this, mm-hmm. but you're going to correct this because mm-hmm. you keep going out there like that. They're going to end you. And that's what I try to do. You, you know what I'm thinking of? You know, 
draft night. You yeah. see, they have the whole world in front of them. They're just getting started. You think of the kid, I love Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. They're so young and there's so much ahead of them that they're going to grow into something. And you want them to realize you only have a short window. I wish you played 15 years. Like even with him, I like his personality already. You know, he, he, he seems... But the point, hang on here. You never know when it's going to be over. Yeah. So you might as well make the most of it when you're there. Yeah, but that's not how we look at it. We 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 they think should. we're in we, we, we think they we're should. invisible. We don't right. really think about what I never knew how important the 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 emotional part of it was mm -hmm. because you know I was created just to be an assassin. You don't right. care about no feelings. You try to right. find someone's weakness. You attack. Attack. It. All that emotional I feel. My mom like oh, man, this is the basketball court. Right. You don't give. They got time for all that. Right. So I remember Derrick Rose and in um, Cleveland and he twists his ankle and then says, you know, I need to go back home. I need to reevaluate if I want to play. I got so offended mm -hmm. and I said, wait, hold on. You're now trying to figure out if you want to play yeah. and retire. You should have thought about that in training camp because there was a guy who was at the, who, who got cut last. If you would have made your decision, he would be starting his dream off right. of being an NBA player. Mm -hmm. That is selfish. Yeah. That is selfish of you, right? Wrote it. Uh, boom, sand. Boop. Yep. Then I thought about it and didn't realize that ankle injury wasn't what I think an ankle injury. His first injury, twisted his ankle first, blew his knee. Mm -hmm. Came back, twisted his ankle, blew his knee. Came back, twisted his ankle, blew his knee. He's in, he's in Cleveland. Yeah. He twisted his ankle. All that ran through his brain was blowing my knee and I have to rehab. And it freaked him out. Right. And that's when I understood. I had this like, oh, okay. This was deeper than my little, he twisted his ankle and you leave. And it was deeper than that. This was an emotional battle that you were trying to, to defeat. And it's beat you three times. It basically, this defeat almost took you out of the NBA. Mm -hmm. And that break, I understood. But it has to be explained because no one is mind reading. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where I was going. I was saying, I don't disagree with a word you said. My retort to that would be, what the hell I got to figure that out for? You got a mouth. Mm -hmm. You got a tongue. You know how to speak. Why aren't you saying so? It's very simple. <laughs> It, it really is. It really, it really is. Listen, man, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very, very hard worker. And people know that I don't like to miss work. Damn it, man, I had a toothache. <laughs> Shit hurt. Got an infection under the bone of the root canal. Shit hurt bad. I called in and I came on the air. This is why I called in. I don't care what you think. I know what I was going through. Shit hurt every time. Me. Me, who opens my mouth for a living. Every time I open my mouth, you ever had one of them pains that just, oh my God, you like you, you, you just want to curl up like a baby. You damn near crying every time air hits it because that's how much it hurt. That's what I was going through. I don't give a damn what y'all believe. That's what happened, period. And you let it go. But a lot of times, these cats... It's like, again, you don't want to explain it, but unfortunately, you're in a position where you have to. Politicians, 
They don't want to explain nothing. They lie all the damn time. <laughs> we get all of that. But guess what? You answer to the American people because they didn't ask you to run for office. You chose to. This is the obligation and responsibility that comes along with it. And it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Usually you make it worse than what it is because you're trying to circumvent or navigate your way around those responsibilities instead of facing them head on, dealing with them, and being done with that. I remember one time MJ came up to me. He said, Stephen A., this is years ago, about 15 years ago. He said, man, I'm cool with you, man. It's just the way you say shit sometimes. <laughs> it's the way you said this. You know what I said to MJ? I said, you know what, fine. MJ, fine, fine, no problem. I said, can I have a job? Because evidently you want to pay me. You're going to tell me how to do something and I'm getting paid to do this. Can I have a job? He just started laughing. I'm like, damn, this is how I talk. I'm not faking it. You know, I, I talk like this. That's how I talk. I don't mean no harm, but this is how I communicate. How come I can't make money? Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? AI came to me with that one time. I said, AI, $200,000. Because at the time I was making 53. I was making 53000 for I said, $200,000. And he said, for what? I said, PR. PR, be your publicist. Because that's what you want me to be. Mm -hmm. You asking me to be your publicist. Because you don't want me to report. You want me to say what you want me to say. $200,000. Now, obviously, I didn't mean it because I would never have worked for him. But it was my, <laughs> my point was, come on. We got a job. Let's just, like, relax. And, uh, you know, again, you just hope that cats ultimately adopt that kind of mentality. Sign of weakness. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it really is. Yeah. We, like, think about Paul George. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. What did Paul George, because I even said it, what did Paul George say when he was in the bubble? Yeah, he said mentally that he was just, yeah. Soon as he said that, I said, Clippers can't win. Because mm. he mentally can't handle the bubble. Mm. You, you can't handle something you're in. Yes. You're, you're, you're bleeding now. Every NBA shark is coming. Yeah. Give him credit real quick. It was, no one was ever prepared for that bubble. So but but what I'm tough. saying yeah. is, yeah. I know what you're saying. We, it's, it's like expression, expression yeah, don't means put, weakness. Don't put that out in public. That's what, no, but that's what I'm saying. So if we put it out in public, someone like, oh, mm. okay, he's, he's, he's soft inside. Yeah. I found a chink in the armor. Right. Like right now, you, you, have the, you have nobody's, nobody's going at Paul George. You soft, you weak. Like, right. <laughs> all because of one statement, all because of a truth. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm emotional. I can't take the bubble. I need to, you know, the call, to make sure I'm doing all right. That right there right. opened up a floodgate of getting attacked. Don't disagree with you, but I will say this. And, and Paul George is class personified. He's a good dude by, mm -hmm. by our accounts. I love the guy personally. I would tell you, but that's not why I'm going to say what I'm about to say. I don't think about Paul George at all. When I think about the Clippers, I think about one man. And that's Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. Nah, dude. You got the championship in LA, mm -hmm. I'm gonna say in San Antonio, when you were a fourth option. Mm -hmm. You go to Toronto, you traveled before that four bounce went in the rim, but that's fine. That's okay. That's okay. It happens, and you beat Embiid and a Ben Simmons, who I believe is a jump shot away from being a superstar mm -hmm. in this league, because I think he has everything else, right? You know, Milwaukee, that's, you deserve that because they wet the bed after being up 2-0. You took them out four straight. I had to cover that series. You win a the championship, there's no KD. If KD was there, I believe Toronto would have got swept. Yeah. I believe oh, that. Yeah. 
right? And even without KD, if Klay Thompson hadn't gotten hurt, I think they would have came back and beat him in seven. Or they might have took him out in six, because remember, yeah, he got yeah, hurt in game yeah, two. True. He got hurt in game two, and he was compromised for game three, three four, four, and five, five. okay? Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. understand that, right? That's where I'm at with it. Mm -hmm. But neither here nor there, you're two-time champion. Two-time NBA Finals MVP. Fair enough. This man allowed New Balance to have a commercial with him in a convertible, driving down the streets of L.A. with a king's crown dangling from the mirror. We know what that means. Mm -hmm. We know what that means. You, we, we know who you coming for. Mm -hmm. You bet, because LeBron had just missed the playoffs <laughs> in L.A. his first year. You know, he got hurt 17 straight games down with the hamstring injury. He ultimately ended up missing a lot more games. You basically said it's a new sheriff in town. Mm -hmm. And then... LeBron gets to the conference finals and is waiting for you, and you fold a 3-1 lead, y'all go ahead and look at Paul George. I'm looking right at Kawhi Leonard. Where you at? Now, yeah. uh -huh. here's why I say this. I don't say it, and this is the difference, and this is where I think a lot of people misconstrue where I'm coming from. I'm not saying it to ridicule Kawhi. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it because I love basketball. I had to explain that to KD on his boardroom show. <laughs> uh -huh. I love basketball. When he goes to Golden State, I called it the weakest move ever by a superstar, and I, was, I regretted it because of people tried to misconstrue it like I was saying he can't play, which is ridiculous. I wasn't trying to say that. I'm saying, no, it's exactly the opposite. You're so great that to join Steph and Clay, you have completely shifted the balance of power and eradicated all competition. LeBron gave a concession speech in the conference finals when they beat Boston, mm -hmm. and they asked him, Doris Burke for ESPN, my colleague said, well, you know, you got, you got Golden State, and I'm coming up. Think about this. In the conference finals, LeBron said, oh, I just don't want to think about that right now. <laughs> yeah. I just want to enjoy this moment because that's a hell of a team there. That's a hell of a challenge. It was a concession speech. We just, this was our championship because we ain't beating them. Now, he didn't play like that in game one when Jay Offer got the damn score, but he dropped 51 that game. But the point is, it came across as a concession speech. All right? I love basketball. So getting back to Kawhi, what I'm saying, Gilbert, is I'm not saying it to ridicule. Mm -hmm. I'm saying you owe us LeBron versus you. Mm -hmm. I want that matchup in the playoffs mm -hmm. in L.A. at the Staples Center with the chip on the line. Not literally because you ain't going to be in the finals together, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, that's what I want. And I'm talking basketball. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. I want to see it. Even in the park, we go back to the park. Mm -hmm. If you're the baddest cat in the neighborhood and somebody else is coming, who gonna clamor to the park when y'all live? Everybody. Because they wanna see y'all. And these cats are just trying to play the right way. And we, you know, it's, it's about winning games. Damn that! I know, I know you're trying to win. I'm not saying, but I wanna see that matchup. But who? That, but that's, you got to remember, it's chess, too. Yeah. So it's about finding someone's weakness. If I right. can't find your weakness, because right. you're a robot, I need to take out your help. True. So true. we probably, because if I focus on you, you're still going to do what you do. And now he gets to do what he does. Right. So I'm going to let you live, because we can't stop you. Right. I'm going to target this man. Right. Right here, so I, if I can eliminate this one, mm -hmm. 
it's hard for you to now beat us as a and team. And I'm by saying yourself. to you, that's <laughs> exceptional, exceptional basketball analysis. Mm -hmm. But now you in the reporting business. You in the commentary business. Mm -hmm. So when I know I'm smart enough about basketball to know I want to hear what the hell you have to say because you're breaking stuff down for me as a former NBA player that I'm just embracing and grasping. And don't get me wrong. Let me be the first to say in front of your pocket, I'm going to use some of this damn material. I'm going to steal some of this. I'm taking it from Gilbert Arena. So when I break down some of this stuff, y'all know where I got it from. Hell yeah, because I know what I'm listening to. But what I'm saying is that still doesn't take away the element of entertainment mm -hmm. I don't care what you say about Paul George, and I'm not saying you <laughs> wrong. I'm saying we want Kawhi versus LeBron at the Staples Center, okay? It, preferably in a conference finals. What's up? That, what I'm saying is that's basketball. And so many times with these guys, they take that away from you. And here's why, despite the fact that he drives me crazy sometimes, here's why I love Kyrie. Because I always get the impression he's showing up for that. Mm -hmm. He going to do what he going to do. He going to try to win, but he's a showstopper. Yeah. He's box office. You walking through the turnstiles. And God help, God help the man that thinks they're going to talk junk about how they're going to bust <laughs> Kyrie's ass. It's a problem because this brother's going to come on the court and he going to do, put this, spreading this sage, sage around yeah, the court yeah, and all this yeah, other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then he going to get in this little zone and he's going to put on a show. And, and what I'm saying is, ain't that what we remember about basketball? Mm -hmm. I know that the other elements are more important and it's about winning in the end. Totally, I got that. But ain't that what basketball... That's why you sure. love the game. And what I strive to do every day that I talk about basketball is get people entrenched in that. I don't care how mad they get. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I'm bringing the park to ESPN. <laughs> you know what this is. You know, KD, you listen. And I told KD this in the boardroom. Beautiful moment. Go back game one, NBA finals, when he first arrived in Golden State. KD came down. I mean, KD was in there. Everybody was looking forward <laughs> yeah, to it. Because you know why he went to Golden State. He went to go to get the chip, and he wanted it against mm -hmm. LeBron. He got tired of all of that noise about mm -hmm. LeBron. He drilled a J, and then watch him. He clapped his hands and spread his arms out. Now, to me, he was saying, yeah, dude, mm -hmm. now I got help. Let's get it on. Mm -hmm. It's me and you now. Mm -hmm. It ain't some kind of unfair <laughs> advantage. And I'm like this. Yeah, this is what we want to see. And so LeBron averaging a triple-double and playing and all of that stuff. And I was like, I was the one remembering, but KD averaged 35 on 54% shooting from the field, 52 from three-point rate. The brother wasn't playing. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you stars. That's what the game is built on. And that's what I feel these players always owe us if you have it in you. Scrubs don't have it. They don't have that in them. <laughs> but if you can ball, you owe us that. That's what I want to see. So, ben, want... so, so being Philadelphia, Ben Simmons irritates you then? Ben Simmons bothers me because not only can he not shoot, he doesn't attempt to. And I believe it's going to cost them a, child, a title. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. This is my philosophy, and I'll defer to you. I'll defer to you because you know your basketball. I don't see anybody that can't score beating the Brooklyn Nets. I don't give a damn how good your defense is. Mm-hmm. You are not a healthy Kevin Durant, a healthy Kyrie Irving, and a healthy James Harden. You're not stopping it. You can book 120 points. You could book it. That's you, what you're you, saying. You want to see Clippers, Lakers in the conference finals? We want to see Lakers, Nets in the finals. If Anthony Davis is healthy, healthy yeah. I think it'll happen. If it doesn't, if he's not healthy, it won't. Ain't no way in hell it'll happen. It's not going to happen. And then I got to worry about everybody else because I don't think Utah has enough firepower. Even though they're shooting threes, that's <laughs> yeah. now. It'll come playoff time, I don't think they have enough firepower. I definitely don't think the Clippers have enough firepower. I'm not sold on the Denver Nuggets. And, and we all know that Portland's allergic to defense. So, so... <laughs> There's nobody. There's nobody. It's the Lakers. Mm -hmm. A a healthy Anthony Davis is the only shot, in my opinion, someone has a knock it off the Brooklyn Nets. If not, or KD, KD's got to be healthy, of course. Because Harden and Kyrie won't win the title by themselves. But if KD is healthy, even if one of the others are gone, I believe they'll still win Mm -hmm. the chip if Anthony Davis is not healthy. KD is out of the lineup? Who? If he's in the lineup? If KD is in the lineup, but Kyrie or Harden is out, I still think Brooklyn could win it all. I do not believe they can win it all without KD. True. I do not. Overly put all three of them together. That's You need all three. Right. Because you don't play enough defense (laughs) to stop anybody. They they added some boys. They they added some boys. Like, I mean, I've seen them up close, like, their scores and the fact that they, the one advantage that they actually do have mm-hmm. is they don't have a real true offense. Okay. So, don't need one. So, in a seven game series, you can't prepare. You can't prepare for it. Mm-hmm. You can't prepare for this one on one. Like, you try to neutralize, I've tried to neutralize. And in the playoffs, you got everyone's weaknesses. You're trying to neutralize and cut off. But if this is a one-on-one player, if this is a one-on-one player, and I'm a one-on-one player, your defense is not, your team defense is not set to stop this. Not even a San Antonio defense. You're not set up to stop three one-on-one players, and that's going to give everyone troubles. You know, once they start clicking and getting it, like I'm watching them here, I'm like, ooh. When, they, when you see them, you got the ball, two shots, you give it one, you got three, and I get three, and it's they're, just bing, 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 bing. They're I'm like, literally mm. toying with people <laughs> on the offensive end of the floor. I'm watching Kyrie Irving just throw assist, and I watched him pass the ball before, but it looked like there was effort. Now it looks like, it looked like, he, it looks like literally he's rolling out of bed and just, here you go, here you go. I mean, he, they can do what they want to do offensively. It was like when the Heat locked in yeah. with their big three. No. 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 <laughs> no, this is... This is, what, this is run TMC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is run TMC, damn near. That's right. Well, you're, listen, this is a better version. Yeah. Hmm. This is a better... You're Chris Mullen, Tim Hardaway Jr. We know, we know what time it is, okay? All I'm going to tell you is this. These boys are on another level. LeBron couldn't shoot like this. D-Wade was right there. I mean, D-Wade fits in. Chris Bosh... Has I love Chris Bosh, has no business being a part of this conversation as a big three. And this is a guy that I think is going to Hall of Fame someday. Mm-hmm. But he has no business being a part of this conversation when we talk about a big three. Not on this level. Because understand, any of those three can drop 50 any night they want. Any night they want. It's like that. And I was thinking like what's that. What's so funny is they score so much, 
I wouldn't be surprised if two of them dropped 50 in the same game. I yeah, think it's going to happen. That would be crazy. I think it's going to happen. They, be, because they score so fast and so easy, and all you have to do is stop the clock. Mm-hmm. So that means one is getting his points from the free throw line, and the other one is hitting jumpers. So if I'm getting to the free throw line and one, stop the clock, get an extra point, and you play that style, you hit an overtime, two of them, two of them hit 50 in, in the game. I believe here's the only way you can stop the Brooklyn Nets. If somebody does what you alluded to, get in one of their heads and makes them engage in hero ball, mm-hmm. and let's call it what it is. We all talk about Kyrie Irving. We all talk about Kyrie Irving. If you can get in his head and make him play hero ball to the point where he ignores the other guys and he shoots, you might have a chance. And even that ends a slim one because he going to make his. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. What's so funny? Is, I, and, and he's been totally unselfish. He's been totally unselfish. Harden. I, I, I go after Harden. Yeah. Right. I, I, Kyrie is too skillful. He's too skillful because his one-on-one skill level, he has the mid-range, the three, the drive. He has his amazing left hand, right hand package. So he has that three combo game. Well, Harden has two-dimensional game. Three, step back, layup. So if I can get him to just shoot a bunch of step back threes. But he won't. And the reason why I didn't bring that up is because the reason why he's a leading candidate for league MVP in my mind right now is because of his selflessness. Mm -hmm. He has stepped in and said, it's my job to run this team. It's taking culpability off the shoulders of Kyrie Irving. And it's spelled for Kevin Durant all along because he's been able to miss all of these games Mm -hmm. because they winning. And I would say that hard. Puts him back in his OKC Exactly. That was the three that I wanted to bring up. But what he had to go through to get out of Houston allowed him to be who he is right now. Well, yeah. Um, It wasn't the most attractive thing for him to do. Um, I think Steven Jackson on his, you know, with his All the Smoke podcast, I think that he made a valid point about it being a black coach and Steven Silas. And he did, I don't believe Harden did that to him. But nevertheless, it was his first job after 20 years as an assistant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty damn sad that this is your first job and damn, this is what you got to deal with. Um, but with that being said, it was the only way Harden was going to get out of Houston because Tillman, Fadida, and the Rockets were not going to move him unless he created enough of a headache to be moved. Okay, it's like, so that's what's stu- what, that. stuff like that. Like, is there a real right and wrong way of handling stuff? Like, w- what was the best way? he could have handled that and still been out. Because um, you got to remember, we're living in real time with our emotion. Right. And we're just... Well, you're right, because like, how people we- are going to interpret it the way that they want to. To me, he didn't show up to training camp, and he could have simply said, look, I don't want to come back. I'm not coming back. I really appreciate if you, if you, if you move me. I appreciate everything, but I really, really don't want to be here any longer. Period. You know, even though we all knew it, and he essentially said it with his no-show appearance at training camp and stuff like that, you know, when you come in and you're out of shape, you're clearly out of shape at that particular moment in time in the beginning. I think that's what damaged him more than anything. When he came in, he clearly wasn't ready on purpose. And then you remember, he had to miss a few games because he was seen partying. 
mm-hmm. during COVID. And we, James is a smart brother. He did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. We all know that. And so I'm not knocking him for it. I'm happy he's in Brooklyn. And, and, and I respect where he was coming from. I just knew how it would be interpreted. And I know him to be a really good dude that's done a lot for the community in Houston. And, and, and he deserves a lot more praise than, than criticism. But you just knew that was inevitable at a time when over 40 million people are furloughed or laid off. Um, people are struggling and they're starving. Even though you turned down $100 million, you could afford to turn down a two-year, $103 million extension. And so when you're a black athlete and you've got this kind of money in your coffers and everybody knows it, people are going to stigmatize you in a certain way. You have to acknowledge that, accept that, and and be ready to deal with it. And I think it's unfortunate that people have been uh, uh, excessively cruel, even though I don't think that most people have been that way to him. Some people have because I think he deserves a lot better than that. And most of these athletes deserve a lot better than that. But you just got to understand, misery loves company a lot of times. And you got people in our society that's really, really, really struggling. And when they see people that they don't feel appreciates the position that they're in, they're not looking at it like I am, mm-hmm. knowing that you worked for it and you deserve the position that you in. You didn't wake up overnight and was <laughs> gift wrapped this bad. You worked for this. Mm-hmm. They ain't looking at it. That, that they're identifying with their own struggles and saying, if that were me, I'd be more appreciative. Of it. And that's where it comes from. Okay. All right. We're going to, we're running out of time here. Yeah. We got to put you to work. Sure. All right. <laughs> it's Ask Agent Zero time. So I'm sure there's been some stuff through the years mm-hmm. that's probably floated through your mind. This is the time to get it out. Or something from the past that we have to whatever, set the record whatever straight Whatever y'all with. want. Whatever y'all what want. What do you got for him? Well, I heard you didn't like me, man. I was stunned. Oh, no, 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 I was no, stunned. No. I was stunned. I, I, was, I was stunned, man. I mean, me, not like. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> we didn't no, talk about man, sensitivity here to, I mean, earlier. What, what's up? No, nah, it, it was one of those things. I, I, I just signed my contract, right, you know, right, the 111. Right. right. All you said was, you better be worth the 111. Right. That's all you said. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, wait, what what, what you trying to say? And to me, I'm like, I just turned down 127 for the 111. And you questioned me. I don't don't like them. I don't don't like them now. You know what I mean? Because because inside, Mm -hmm. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it. Like when people ask me, were you overpaid? And I said, yes, but no. Yes. I was because I was hurt, I was damaged, already had two surgeries. Um, When we did our negotiation, me and Ernie, Mm -hmm. he offered me what he felt I was worth. Here's about 80, 80, 89, 90 million. And I'm sitting here three-time All-Star, three-time MVP, and you're giving me this? Right. And my max is 127? Yeah. So I'm sitting here like, I have no choice. Mm-hmm. I get the call from A. Poland. Yeah. A. Poland. Yeah. And he says, whatever you want. You did what you said you were going to do. You got me out of my Jordan era. You turned this franchise around. I owe you whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't care what they said about you. That's mm-hmm. not my, that's not my, hey, mm-hmm. I probably won't be alive to see this contract. Right. But you're going to be the last person I sign. Don't worry, take your trip. When you get back, the money's yours. And, and it was one of those things. So when people asked me, was, I was like, yeah, yes. But I had a relationship. I dealt with relationships. So when they looked at me, they didn't look at me as, 
busted knee, he probably won't be the same. Nah. He looked at me like, he's done everything. He, he works hard. You know, he does this. He looks out for mm -hmm. the older people in the arena. If they new, need new chairs, he comes to me, lets me know first. He does everything he needs to do. Mm -hmm. That's my, that's, that's gotcha. like my son. Gotcha. You know, so I was like, my contract is more off my relationship with Abe versus, yeah. you know, you know, my well, injury. Because my injury, I'm, I'm second me, guessing it too. Let me say this. I heard that. I didn't know that. I didn't give a damn about that then. I don't give a damn about it now. And here's what I mean by that. You are a baller. Uh -huh. At the time they signed you 111, uh -huh. I'm like, yo, 111 ounce. You got to show up. That's how it was, too. You got to show up. It's like, uh-huh. I mean, this ain't about nothing. This ain't, this ain't about anything other than that. It was like, look, you got to show up because... That's the whole deal about accountability. And here's what a lot of y'all don't realize, especially when it comes to me. All them old school Hall of Famers. I talk to all of them. All of them. They don't talk about players. They talk about the standards mm -hmm. that they were held to. And what they say is, don't you dare let them off the hook. You ain't let us off mm -hmm. the hook. Mm -hmm. This generation didn't let us off the hook. Hold them to the same level of responsibility you held us to. Because when it's all over and we're judging who was great and who wasn't, that all comes into play. When we talk Muhammad Ali is the greatest, you know, there was a Sugar Ray Robinson, there was a Joe Lewis, there was, you know, there's a whole bunch of people, even today, Floyd Mayweather. Why do we call Ali the greatest? It wasn't because he was undefeated, but it wasn't just because of how great he was in the ring. It was because of the adversity he faced and he overcame. And so what the players from previous generations religiously point out, what we had to go through to get the recognition. We weren't getting endorsement deals when we were in fifth place. We weren't getting six, nine, rather nine-figure endorsement deals, sneaker contracts and all of this other stuff. If our team was a 500 squad, hell no, we had to show up. Stephen A, you just you just gonna let that stop. You you gonna let you you just gonna let this. You know, LeBron he lost six rings. He lost six chips. You you just gonna act like he's just the greatest? Really, really? You have people like this. Come on, Stephen A. And I'm like this. Damn. And so he's watching. The players are watching. The old school cats are watching. Everybody's watching. And I'm like this. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> Only thing I could do is be me, because I can live with me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can't do what somebody else is saying. I got to do what I feel. And that's how it goes. So are we cool now? Yeah, no, no, no. no. It was cool after I retired. <laughs> I was like, this is Stephen A. Smith got to remember, but that's how, think about what he said versus how I reacted. That's how sensitive. Right. That's how sensitive I was. Mm -hmm. And all he said was, you better be up to the 111. That's it. That's all he said. Listen, I had Shaq pissed <laughs> off at me one time. I had D-Wade was upset at me one time. But this was fun because they both were, man, I love D-Wade, man. That's my dog. And, and, and we, we, they was upset at me one time because I had said something. I was being critical of him. But I had the ultimate bulletproof support. He came to me one day, just looked at me and stuff like that. You got attitude. Mm -hmm. Right there. It was his mama. Because his mama came to me. You too light on him. 
<laughs> you need to hold him accountable. And if he says something to you, you send him to me. Shaq's mother damn near slapped me upside my head. She's like this, what's wrong with you? Being soft on my son, hold him accountable. What you letting him off the hook for? You know, he act up, call him on it. He playing back, call him on it. Sarge, God rest his soul, Shaq's, Shaq's dad, who passed away, he was like this, my son know what he's supposed to do. All that soft nonsense, trying to look pretty, and he better handle his business. And they would come to me. And so when people see me at the arenas, they don't understand, man, especially me, especially now. Girlfriends, wives, brothers, sisters, parents, anybody, they'll come right up to me. You know, I saw what you said. I think it was weak. You could have been harder. I'm like, tell them. <laughs> tell them, because here I come. I remember you said that. Here I come. And, 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 and that's just the way it is. But Gilbert was a hell of a player, man, a, and a tremendous offensive player. He brought it. He was handling his business. Um, he had a two-year period where he averaged 29 and then 28 from 2005 to 2007, if I remember correctly. Went to All-Star Game four times. He, he, he changed that franchise. It was no question. And, you know, he got himself into some stuff. You know, when you, know mm -hmm. when you was in the news and all of that stuff. And what I said to folks then was, mistakes happen. What happens is, is that when I got mad at him was when you made light of it when you were in Philly. And the Commissioner Stern ultimately came at yeah, you yeah. on the court. And here's why I was mad. You don't know Commissioner Stern, God rest his soul. You didn't know him. You didn't know what he would do. You got money to be made. Mm -hmm. You playing for this franchise. It's sensitive times. And it's like, to me, I wasn't, you know, crucifying him. I was saying, you doing? I, I don't want to talk What's about up? this with you. I don't want, I don't want to do this to you. What are you doing? And in and, 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 and a selfish way, I'm literally sitting up there. Why do y'all have me on the air talking about this? I don't want to talk about this. I got better things to do. I want to talk about basketball. I don't want to talk about this. What are you doing? That's where I'm coming from with my attitude about certain things. Well, what were you thinking? What's so funny is most of that stuff, because, because it was me, I, whatever was said, I can't do, that's, that's, that's fair. Right. All of it is fair. I put myself in this situation. That act, it was, it was a rebellion. Yeah. So I'm on a train ride. I'm on a train ride from D.C., going to um, Philly, mm -hmm. get the phone call. It says, we found out who the source was for Peter Vesey. Mm -hmm. And it hurt. Mm -hmm. It hurt, it hurt, it hurt the heart. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, you know, I, I, I because you guys know your, the truth, the truth, how would you do that to me? Yeah. Like, you, you, I'm your guy. I've sacrificed for you. I've, did, I, you know, yeah, I'm immature. That's you know, I I don't I don't party or hang out. My right. fun time is in the arena. Right. After I done took my thousand shots. Right. So I I'm hurt. Like I was in. I'm damn near in tears when I'm hearing it. Mm -hmm. So when I get to the gym, I said it was basically the last stands for me. It was the last stand. It was a right. a hey, hey, fellas. Uh, this this is what I'm planning to do. What y'all think? Yeah. All right. Do you? Right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where that came from. I remember I was in court. I was in court, and, you know, the DA was like, hey, look, he can't even take this serious, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, 
If that's what you see in this picture, then that's what you see. What I see is this is the last time me and this group had our laugh together. I probably would never see these guys again. I don't know if my fate, but that I can look at this picture and every time I see it, I can smile because we're all happy. That was the last time I can say me and this group right. was actually happy. But that came from a hurt phone call I got and it was just, let's go. You know what I mean? And, and, but, and, no, this totally, but, it's totally understandable, man. It's, especially, especially listening to you explain it is totally understandable. From my position, it's like, with all the great things you have done, that's what they're going to hold on to. The general populace, the general public, mm -hmm. they're going to hold on to that. And I will openly confess to you that, listen, I'm not anti-anything, but I'm unapologetically pro-black. I didn't apologize about anybody. And I understand as a 53-year-old black man from the streets of New York, what a lot of black men go through. And so I completely get where you're coming from. My whole point is tomorrow's another day, mm -hmm. and so is next month, and so is next year. Don't give these cats, and when I say that, I'm just talking about the general population. Don't give these cats that ammunition to hold on to something when your game is over because you'll be surprised how much you have to give. And so I'm gonna be straight up with you. When I sit here and I'm listening to him now and he's talking about basketball, you have any idea how good you would be as a basketball analyst? I'm just like breaking stuff down like this. Think about that one, that's a good damn point. This Point after point after point, you start breaking down and you get into the nuances of the game itself, right? But when you hear the word, the name Gilbert Arenas, what's somebody gonna think? Mm -hmm. And so that's an obstacle you have to, that ain't the end of the world. You moved on, you'll continue to move on. But I'm saying for me, as a black man who pays attention to the obstacles that black folks, particularly black men, create for ourselves, that's what I'm always mm -hmm. trying to address. And it's me coming at it and really throwing myself to the guillotine because I'm like, yo, they might hate me for saying this, but I know they're going to hear me. And if they smart, which I believe they are, they're going to hear me saying, people watching, this is what they're doing. This is what I got to prepare myself to navigate myself around. As a result, they'll be better for it. And as a result, I will have done my job in terms of my own personal mission. Do my job but to help as many brothers along the way as I possibly can. And that's why I could come at stuff ferociously because I know I'm talking about the game and I know that at the end of the day, when it comes to stuff that's off the court, I'm going to always be around if somebody want to call me. They say, there's nobody that I've covered in sports that can say to me, they picked up the phone and said, Stephen A., I need your help. And I said, no. There's no one that can ever say that about me. And I know that. So as long as that's the case, I sleep well at night. And that's where my first question came from. It was because of that. Like, how did you overcome yes. <laughs> to get there? Because that was one of my things. Me and D-Way used to talk about it. And I was like, I'm, I'm just so afraid mm -hmm. to jump out there. Yeah. And then what they say, oh, go over to the locker room. Like, yep. oh, okay, 
never mind. I yep. go back. I go back into the hole. Like, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it, you know, and, that, that's, and right. that's why I was like, it was like, so I see you bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. And mm -hmm. that's what I. That's why the first question was that. Yep. Like, how do you overcome? Yep. You know, and that kind of helps me out to just keep going. That's just right. Keep going. And it's all about respect. Yes. Always. We appreciate you coming through. My brother. Oh, thank you. Stephen appreciate A will catch you, you as it. always on First Take. Yes, sir. Stephen A's world, Sports Center. Everything. Everything is everywhere. Yeah. The man is everywhere. I got more coming. <laughs> for Stephen A. Smith, for Gilbert Arenas, I'm Mike Botticello. This has been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Football Sports Network, and we'll see you next time.